this is Vatsila and welcome back to Voicing the Void and this is the place to listen to the voice in your heart to fill the void in your life. Now from day one we have tried to create important conversations about business and life and we all know personal branding is now more important than it's ever been. So if you've had questions about how to build your personal brand or how to use it especially if you're a college student or someone in the early years of their career or even someone who's looking for a job switch and wants to land a dream job this is the episode for you Menakthar is the CEO of Kimberly Clark for India and South Asia he's a best selling author with more than 15 books to his credit his latest book brand new start Fast start your career with the power of personal branding is all about how to use your personal brand to climb up the success ladder in your career. Hope you guys enjoy the following conversation. You might want to take notes. First off, thank you for writing a book about us. As job seekers, we are faces in the crowd. We don't stand out tall. Um that or we don't have enough years of experience. So thank you for acknowledging our presence and writing this book. It's a great book. I'm holding it in my hands right now for people who can't see. You need to get your hands on this book. Thank you so for joining us today. And uh, hi Watsala, thank you so much for having me over and when you talk about people like us we shouldn't forget I was in your shoes some time ago <laughs> and uh, that was really one of the big reflections that led me to explore this area and write this book really thinking of look what did i wish someone had told me when i was in my early 20s and thinking about my career and that was really what led me to get interested in the subject in the first place that's awesome so anyone who knows you knows that you are great at fiction writing and every once in a while you take a pivot from fiction to write a non fiction book and this time you took a pivot to write this masterpiece So why personal branding like why is it so important to you I see to be honest what's all what I write is usually driven by what I'm passionate about so I don't have a formula that I'm going to write fiction non fiction so actually this subject uh, came to my mind I'd say a year or so ago you know when the lockdown started and I started uh, hearing about people who were either having their careers impacted losing jobs facing uncertainty a lot of young people on campus who were either having offers rescinded or just wondering what lay ahead so you know back that time i had almost 24 years of experience in the corporate world i'd always been passionate about helping people succeed and coaching people so i uh, put out an open offer on linkedin that look if anybody needs help with you know career advice brushing up your resume interviews get in touch and i was a bit surprised that within a couple of weeks well over two dozen people largely young people reached out and i started chatting with them on various things helping someone brush up their resume helping someone prepare for an interview helping someone think about uh, what they might do with their career and a few weeks when in i realized that there were many common threads to those conversations and uh, really starting with you know people being clear on their purpose why they're doing what they're doing really understanding how they could differentiate themselves understanding how they could really present themselves as a brand so that's when you know it's like a light bulb went on in my head that I'm chatting with all these young people if I put this all down as a book wouldn't it be more helpful to more people and that that was really the genesis of this book that's a good basis to start so what were the most common questions that you got about personal branding i, I guess the more than a question uh, i'd say what's all the biggest thing with personal branding is it's rife with misconceptions to a lot of people if you say hey 
they think about personal branding, they mistake it. They mistake it for being flashy, networking, selling yourself, and so on. And uh, what I try to make a connection uh, uh, with my thinking in the book is, you know, ultimately when you build a great brand, it's not about trying to sell yourself too hard. The most iconic brands that are out there, you know, whether you think of a Nike or an Apple, are brands that at their heart are driven by something bigger than I just want to sell you a product. They are driven by a purpose, a mission. They clearly differentiate themselves in certain ways and they really show up disruptively when you're encountering them, you know, whether it's on shelf or online or when you're using them in a way that sets them apart. So for me, the biggest challenge was taking the conversation away from personal branding as well. Extroverts, it's not for me. I don't like selling myself. To saying ultimately it's about understanding yourself, having self-awareness, understanding where you can really set yourself apart and find a good fit with, you know, what your strengths and passions are. And then being more strategic about, you know, what I call moments of truth when your brand really comes in front of uh, uh, stakeholders. So that's that was the biggest, I think, mindset shift that many people I was chatting with in the process of working on the book and mentoring them had to go through. Interesting you said that because, you know, piggybacking on what you just said, and I know this book is about people who are starting their careers, but in our community of content creation, I don't know who came up with this term personal branding, but I feel that guy or a girl is a freaking genius because it fits so perfectly into its description. When you're talking about branding, even when you're talking about products, like you just said, it's all about the brand name and the credibility associated with that, right? So people will seldom doubt a product launched by, like you said, Nike. And even talking about fashion brands, people are willing to pay double or triple the price because they trust that brand. So I believe personal branding is is just like that. It's a permanent phenomena. Most other forms, um, they're recurring. So if, if people trust you as a brand, they will trust everything you come up with. Absolutely. And I guess the biggest thing is, you know, uh, to what you said, building a brand and, you know, a personal brand for that matter is not something you do. So even if somebody says, look, I'm not interested in personal branding, the definition of a brand is not what you do, it's the impressions that are being formed in people's minds. So even if you're somebody who doesn't care about personal branding, who doesn't think it's important, just by the way you're interacting with people in your everyday work, your friends, your colleagues, your family, they are forming impressions of you. So for me, personal branding is an always-on process. It's not an activity that you one day wake up and do. And I think if people are more aware of that, they can just be more thoughtful, more deliberate. And the biggest point that I'm trying to drive is ultimately it's not a selfish agenda that I need to be more successful, therefore I build a personal brand. The best brands are those which use that self-awareness to positively impact people around them. You know, for brands, it's the consumers who are using them. For us, it's who are the people who are counting on us. Could be our colleagues, friends, family members, the community around us. So for me, it's a big conversation shift that needs to happen from personal branding, seeming like a self-serving pursuit of, you know, selfish goals something which better self-awareness, better orientation and who you genuinely are can actually have a positive impact, not just for you, but people around you. True. I, I absolutely agree. And just like branding, subtle branding, it will take time and patience to build your own brand. But 
once people start recognizing you and once you have it it could be one of your biggest assets and it will stay with you indefinitely so i want to quote something that i really really loved over here our education system sometimes seems like it's making our children run on a relentless treadmill chasing grades entrance exams and the right labels to stick on themselves so you have really young kids preparing to be engineers or doctors and later in life some children define success as getting into an mba course there's nothing wrong with that although i personally believe that a unidimensional pursuit of grades and degrees to the exclusion of an all-round development is perhaps not the best strategy so talk to us about how grades and college can only it's important but how it can only get you so far yeah so i guess uh, for me you know i i don't want to say that grades and academics aren't important i'd be a real hypocrite if i said that they are important you know i have a young son as well he's 12 years old and uh, you know these are important things to do not just for the grades you get but i think for building your own awareness for building work ethic for building the ability to you know be curious and learn they are important i think what sometimes happens in our society is people go to an extreme and believe that that's the only thing that matters to the exclusion of everything else and you know to uh, take the context of uh, branding you know in the in the context of building brands marketers talk of points of parity and points of difference so points of parity are things that any brand needs to have to be considered uh so you know being capable in academics having the right qualifications are of course important you learn a lot of things plus importantly they help open doors so if you want to build a career in finance and uh, you're not going to have the same doors open to you versus somebody who's a ceo or let's say you want to build a career in the corporate world and you somebody who has an mba degree is likely to open more doors than somebody who doesn't so they're door openers i think where people sometimes trip up is they assume that that's it and they define their whole brand as only the sum of the degrees they have so you hear of a number of people who are you know iit iim uh from delhi university and that's fine that's important but that's not your whole brand because once that door is open then your success your ability to thrive your ability to make an impact comes down to many many other things well beyond the marks you had or even your technical competence so you know one of the books i read as i was trying to learn more about uh, personal branding is a fascinating book called hiring for attitude where uh, the author studied almost 20000 new hires who had joined their uh, uh, started their careers within 18 months almost half of them had derailed you know they were not performing to their expectations or their bosses and uh, when he studied what happened only in 11% of cases was that because of you know functional or technical issues you know they were not able to do the job vast majority of issues were around compatibility fit culture ability to work with people and those are all the skills which you won't get just by getting good grades i think to be honest college is a great way of building those skills but you need to open your mind to participating in the world beyond just your classes and grades you can participate in societies take part in leadership experiences um so you can really build broader experiences that help set you up as somebody who can succeed uh, beyond just academics and while you were talking about that you have included some interesting points about resume designing and what you should be including in your resume and i'm definitely making some tweaks in my own resume after after reading all of that <laughs> so 
when you as an employer are looking at a resume what points do you look at start with why and how of it yeah so i guess the first thing i would say like we just talked about academics is you know there are certain hygiene factors which are important so i think almost the first screening that any employer does is look as a hygiene factor is the, does the candidate have the right experiences and qualifications i think that's a reality so you can't wish it away those are important door openers so that's but that's just a screener i think once you are at a place where you have a number of candidates who probably have the right experiences in terms of number of years of experience or the qualifications i think the biggest thing i look for uh, as a hiring manager is fit uh and this is something which many people uh, miss out on their resumes so a lot of people what they do with their resumes is they're going to send the same resume out to every single organization they apply to even if they are fundamentally in different sectors in different uh, uh completely different industries or even if in the same industry in very different uh, uh stages of evolution or have very different ways of working so the first thing that i look for is look i'm assuming these people are smart i'm assuming they're capable uh the question often becomes is there a good fit in terms of culture what they want out of their careers at this point and does that fit with what we can offer uh is there likely to be good compatibility between how work gets done here and i think the biggest yes. advice i'd give uh young job seekers is do your research uh about where you're applying and customize your resume it's it's like marketing the best marketing is targeted marketing the worst marketing is you know a, shotgun approach where you send the same thing to everyone and then see how you can establish that fit really early on in your resume by talking about what you seek out of your so you don't have to literally write i am a good fit but if you've done your research if you find that a particular organization is going through big change and uh, they're looking for fresh thinking talk about how that's something that's important to you how you have experiences there if an organization really values collaborative work talk about how you've demonstrated being a great team player so do that research and importantly i think through this exercise when i was mentoring a lot of the young people you also realize what's a good fit for you or not because you might have two organizations you know they all offer the same salary but then where are you likely to fit given your inherent strengths and what your natural passions are true i think every organization has a different why and you have to answer that why to uh, to let them know that you are a perfect fit for their organization right and here i want to talk about the moments of truth because at this section i cheered i applauded i <laughs> i absolutely loved it what are the moments of truth and start with the zero moment of truth which, which is the impression sure uh, absolutely so you know the whole concept of the moments of truth really was created uh, in the world of consumer branding so the zero moment of truth is you know even before you uh buy a brand of or a face to face with a brand you research so you know tomorrow if i'm thinking of buying a smartphone i'm not just going to go walk to a random shop most likely all of us are going to google that hey what are the trends what are the brands out there what are the new models so all of us do that it's the same with our personal brands as you think about careers you know gone are the days when a hiring manager waits to see the resume drop on their desk the moment they hear a name people are looking people up on linkedin and it works both ways when you are applying to a particular organization you're not waiting for the interview to figure out who are the people i might be meeting you're probably looking up uh, their profiles on linkedin to understand who they are 
So that's really the zero moment of truth, which is what impressions can you form even before you're face-to-face with your stakeholders? And I think in the context of uh, personal branding in your careers, you know, your social media footprint, LinkedIn being a critical one is a big part of that. Thank you so much for highlighting that importance because I keep telling my friends like I am a LinkedIn freak. I am so active there and I keep telling my friends that you have to be active on LinkedIn because it's like the first screening process for every employer in nowadays. Everyone's on social media and you're just a click away and that creates the first impression. But not many people are willing to listen to that. So, yeah, I hope this uh, this book can bring that change in the mindset about LinkedIn and about social media in general. Okay, so the first moment of truth, which is impact. Talk to us about that. This is yeah, so the first moment of truth, you know, uh, really started with, you know, that's the moment when the, you know, from the world of marketing, the consumers actually seeing your brand and versus, you know, competition side by side and deciding whether they want to buy you or not. Literally, like when they're standing in front of a store shelf. Yes. Uh, you know, the from a personal branding standpoint, it's when you're face to face with a really important stakeholder, need not be for the first time, but when they're getting first hand exposure to you. So a classic example could be an interview uh, or when you're if you're working, you know, you're making a big, important presentation to the big boss whom you don't normally get to see. So those are, I'd say, the high stakes first moment of truth. And uh, one of the biggest things I talk about is, you know, uh, how do you drive effective communication and impact? And one of the pieces of research I allude to was something that was done at UCLA back in the late 60s and 70s, which showed that when you're communicating to someone, the by far the biggest impact comes from your tone of voice and your body language. Far less is the actual words you use. So a lot of people wow. go into interviews or presentations and it's literally an attempt to show off all the knowledge you have. <laughs> and I think what they miss out on is, you know, it's just when, uh, if you think of it, how do you spark to people who become friends or how do you decide who you're going to date or how do you decide the brand you're going to buy? You don't make a spreadsheet and compare features, right? Yes. Often the most fundamental decisions we make about whether we like someone or not, whether a brand speaks to us or not, is an emotional decision. And it's the same with how we communicate. And I think the biggest thing people need to do is just be a bit more thoughtful about what's the tone and emotion they want to send. And there's no right or wrong answer. It has to be authentic to who you are. It has to be something that works in the setting you are. But don't go in as a sterile repository of knowledge. So if you're making a work presentation, you know, don't just show 50 slides and hope to wow people with your knowledge. If you have an idea you're passionate about, let that passion come through. Uh, When you walk into an interview room, if you're somebody naturally who likes connecting with people, don't get stiff and intimidated. Let that authentic self come out. Relate to people. If you're somebody who's naturally more thoughtful and thinks about issues, let that thoughtfulness come through. So what happens is many people assume there is a formula, there is a stereotype uh, of, you know, what a successful corporate person looks like and the reality is you will never succeed by being a clone of someone else and and that was the biggest point i explored in the whole first moment and you shared that anecdote about um i don't know the guy's name but he rapped while while answering the question tell us oh yeah can you you share that oh oh, absolutely this is a remarkable uh young man (laughs) i came across on he he was amazing so this is a young man called abhishek goel and uh so he uh, got admission into IMM Baba, the, I think, last year. 
So I just spotted him on LinkedIn, and what I found fascinating is, you know, he had appeared for the IIM interviews, and you know, these stereotype questions people always ask: <laughs> "Tell me about strengths, tell me about yourself." So this guy was asked, "Tell me about yourself," and he actually rapped, and it was amazing because what was good was uh, there was depth and content to it because yes. through it he was actually telling the story of his life, and that's what I mean by it's not just about showmanship. You need substance. You actually got who the guy was. Yeah. You got his motivation. You got his purpose. And authenticity. And authenticity, yes. absolutely. But he brought it to life in a really unique way. Yeah. So that I thought was a remarkable example, which is why I uh, thought of including it in my book. Yes, it it truly was because so many people are wary of how what will look professional. So so many people while walking into an interview room are so careful about how they're reacting, how. their posture is and all of that but that just comes naturally and you write about how you should just be authentic to yourself to create that impression so the second moment of truth are the results yeah the second moment of truth is like when you've actually tried a brand and you're saying hey did this meet my expectations or not will i ever buy it again in the context of uh you know our careers it's let's say you've got the job what happens in your first couple yeah. of months does your boss think thank god i hired this amazing lady or does he think oh my god that was a like, yeah. terrible hiring error and and i think the biggest thing i talk about in the second moment of moment of truth is the importance of understanding expectations and context uh because you know we've all grown through the same education system where you know success is a number what grades did you have what gpa did you have and you know numbers continue to be important let's not kid ourselves you know if you're working in the corporate world you have metrics you need to deliver them the biggest thing that changes however is how those are delivered and uh, i think being clear on the expectations on how work needs to get done so for example you know the kind of organizations i've been lucky to work in all my career are very collaborative team oriented organizations where success is your winning as a team so if you have somebody in an organization like this who's a glory hound who delivers the numbers but it's all about me myself and i they may deliver numbers short term but they're never going to be a long term fit so i think for people to just understand the context there in the expectations uh that their managers have of how results are to be delivered not just the what i i think is something which comes as a change to people who move from uh you know while they're in college and campus of a world where a numbers a number and it's that's the only metric of success and i think the fundamental differences in the real world of work you're not dealing with numbers you're dealing with people whatever business you're in fundamentally you're working through around and with people yes so your numbers can only help you for so long and after that it's all about dealing with people and networking you also highlight the importance of networking but before we talk about that uh, the third moment of truth is the reputation yeah absolutely so the third moment of truth literally is when you're not in the room what are people talking about you and you know to some extent you can't influence it because you aren't there uh but i i think a couple of things which i uh, advise people is you know the best way of not having a mismatch between what you're trying to do and what people take away is continue to ask for feedback for a lot of people you know feedback and especially if you're working it becomes a once in a year process which is i'll have an appraisal i'll have feedback so i'd encourage people to keep seeking feedback because reality is all of us are imperfect all of us can get better and the more you get feedback the more you know what you need to work on the more you know where you need to adjust 
So that's one big thing I talk about. The second thing which I talk about is taking the time to explain the why of your actions. You know, sometimes people are in so much of a hurry to push their agenda, push their recommendations, you know, push their ideas. They don't step back and tell people, hey, this is why I'm thinking of it. This is what's going through my mind. So you bring people into the thought process and get them to solve problems with you. And again, I think it's a bit of a hangover of our education system where the focus is on having the answers. Uh, whereas in the real world of work, sometimes the best leaders are people who ask the right questions and then bring people in to help answer them. Uh, and so if you can do that, then you're minimizing surprises of you know, people misinterpreting your intent, people thinking you're trying to do something that you're actually not. Uh, so those were a couple of things which I uh, talked about on, on the third moment of truth. Yes, and your years of corporate experience definitely helped because you have seen this happening in the organizations you were at. And you inculcate all of that into the book with anecdotes and research and statistics. There's a statistic about um, your resume, an average resume. So I don't remember what, what exactly that was, but 7.4 seconds. I remember that because we spent days <laughs> writing a resume and the average screening time on a resume is 7.4 seconds or even less if you if you don't hold the attention of the employer, right? Absolutely. I mean, it's scary when you think of yes. it, but that, that's real life, which is why, you know, sometimes people, you know, I, I, you know the resumes seem like novels, but yeah. the reality is when somebody is looking at it, they're going to make snap decisions. Uh, um, and I think it's not unique to resumes. If you think about it, you meet somebody at a party, yes. you're not going to spend three hours to decide do I want to hang out with this person or not. We all form decisions early uh, based on early impressions, based on how we feel about compatibility. And I think it's just taking some of the things we take for granted in other parts of our life and just applying that to the world of work and careers. So if you're left in a room full of thousand people, you're not a thousand probably, in a room full of hundred people, uh, it will take probably an hour or so to attract the people who are just like you. That's like you act as a magnet for, for people who are just like you. To talk to us about communication impact, you, you already brushed upon that a little. But I think with the resume and the importance we attach to the resume, we somehow forget that while giving an interview, communication is definitely one of the most important factors. So what you say, 7%, tone of voice, 38%, and body language, 55%. And this is like a research, yeah, 7, 38 and 55 rule. Talk to us about this rule. And um... Yeah, so this was what I talked about, the research. It was done by a professor called uh, Albert Meherabian at UCLA several years ago. And uh, I think it, it plays out wonderfully in interviews as well. So one of the other studies I've quoted in the book is one of the first things that, you know, uh, interviewers look at when they're deciding to engage or not is, you know, does the person smile? Does the person make eye contact? And, you know, sometimes we forget the basics because people are so sometimes so stressed that, oh my God, it's a good interview. Do I have all my fun day right? What questions may I be asked? You know, we are so focused yeah. on the right brain stuff that we forget some of the other things that actually we take for granted in our day-to-day -day life when you think about relationships. When you're meeting friends, when you're meeting a stranger at a party, you know, you smile, you relate, you connect. And I, I think it's just being conscious of that and realizing the importance of that. 
uh, on how important it is to set that tone. So one of the other studies I uh, looked at for the book is, you know, in an interview, pretty much in the first 90 seconds, an interviewer is deciding yes. whether or not they're going to engage with you. Uh, in many cases. And that is not because, you know, in 90 seconds, certainly they don't get an idea of the depth of your knowledge. It's really they're getting a feel for your compatibility, fit, how engaged you are. Uh, so I think it's really important to keep that in mind and set the right tone, convey the right emotion. And then that opens the doors. And then, of course, you know, you need to know your stuff. You need to have the answers to the questions that are asked, show your experience. But sometimes if you don't do the first, you may not actually get a chance to do the latter because by then the interviewer is disengaged yeah. or thinks you're not interested. I, I absolutely agree with that. And sometimes we need to emphasize on the things we take for granted. So any last message you have absolutely. for, for people think about personal, who are dubious about personal branding and even for us job seekers, people who are just starting their careers, how can personal branding help them? Well, I guess the biggest message I'd have is... Uh, which I think is the core of personal branding is, you know, don't get lost in chasing someone else's definition of success. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, too often, you know, I've met young people, I've mentored, they'll say, I want to work in FMCG, I want to work in consulting. Why? When you really start asking why, it comes down to because my friend is there, because the salary is good. But when you really drill it down to, hey, what are you passionate about? Where do you really want to make an impact? What plays uniquely to your strengths? So for me, the core of personal branding is less about projecting yourself or selling yourself. It's more about introspection, understanding you are, understanding what success and fulfillment uniquely looks like for you, and then bringing that to life in a way which is authentic and which uh, makes a positive difference to people around you. So, And I think, you know, honestly, one of the things our world could do more with, especially with the current environment we're in is, people looking out for each other. And that was really why, you know, one of the reasons I wanted to write this book and, you know, my last few lines in the book are ultimately for me, success is not just that the reader reads this book and finds it helpful, but maybe they find a couple of things where they can help someone else with. Be someone's mentor. Help somebody with feedback. Give somebody encouragement where they need it. Really the spirit of paying it forward. That, that's kind of the message I'd leave all your listeners with. So yeah, you, while you were saying that, I quickly scanned through the pages and I, I picked this favorite quote of mine. Chasing a quote-unquote dream job just because others are chasing it, even if it is not in sync with what you are naturally enjoying or are good at, usually leads to only one thing, that is disappointment. And I, I've highlighted this part and while you were saying it because I have mini flags all over the book. <laughs> so I quickly scanned through the pages and I, I brought this up because it fitted, it's so perfectly fit into what you said and you know I was researching about you a little before we started recording and I found that you've written amazing fiction books some amazing reviews I, I've read and uh, Goodreads and otherwise and I was surprised as to <laughs> I mean I haven't found many authors who are bold as to pick subjects like like genres completely polarized genres of um, zombie fiction and then self-help books and doing amazing at both of these genres so i was like this because you uh, did have a motive to write this book like you said and it came out beautifully so thank you so much for writing the book and everyone who's listening to this get get your copy right now before it runs out of stock Thanks. Thanks, Vatsala. And uh, thanks for having me over. And I really admire what you're doing as well. I mean, being young, being in college and 
what you're doing for me is a great example of personal branding, which is you're trying to make a good uh, positive difference to people around you by sharing stories, by sharing ideas. So kudos to you for doing that. It was a pleasure chatting with you. Such an amazing conversation. If you know of someone who can benefit from this conversation, do share it with them and subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts or wherever you listen. Also, while you're at it, don't forget to leave a review on iTunes. I personally love reading a positive review. I'm going to attach an Amazon link to brand new start in the description box. So please check that out. Your brilliance is one of a kind and you are more special than you will ever know. Thank you so much for listening and stay tuned for happiness.